Welcome back, Hubsters, to the Performance Hub podcast. With the reopening of the gyms back in Melbourne, we thought it would be wise to reach for the top shelf of special guests with none other than the great man himself, Tony Gentacore. It was an absolute honor to sit down and talk shop with him. We discussed all things lifting to 90s hip-hop and rap music. This is definitely one not to miss. Enjoy. We are live from Melbourne, Australia. From Melbourne, Australia. Bringing you the Performance Hub podcast. Strap yourself in as we explore the world of human performance. No BS, no hidden agenda, just real world applicable information to help you optimize your human performance. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Coach Max and Carl. Well, first off, Tony, we want to say thank you uh, for jumping on the Performance Hub podcast. Uh, Really honor for us to have you on here. Um, So I guess if we first touched on, wanted to ask you, how is the Achilles rehab going? We know that you blew out your Achilles. So Uh, how's that? You know, uh, it's funny. Since it's happened, um, I've had uh, many people, many random strangers reach out yeah. to me uh, awesome. saying, oh, I, you know, I, 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 I ruptured my Achilles two weeks ago or yesterday or a month ago. Um, so it's been, it's been quite comical. And, not, and I'm not making fun of their injury, but comical no, no. in that it's, I'm well more aware of how prevalent uh, the injury is now that yes. I've actually gone through it myself. It's kind of – I've been liking it to um, car shopping where you don't notice – uh, certain types of cars until yep. you actually like start shopping for that exact car and then you see them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, now it, it, that's, that's what's been happening with me with uh, the Achilles uh, injury. Um, things are going pretty well. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just past the four and a half month part or yep. um, hump. Uh, and uh, I'm not really, I'm not doing any running or jumping yet. I'm not even yep. close to doing any running. So my, my, my three and a half year old is, crushing me with uh uh chasing him like i can't i can't catch up um but in terms of stuff in the weight room i mean i'm i I think it's going pretty well like i've uh i just pulled from the floor uh i hit 500 pounds for uh, two two doubles uh last week yep um you know, and I, I made note of it, like, because that's the first time I ever did an Instagram live, because uh, I was like, that's, a, that's really not my bag to like, hey, look at me, I'm looking yeah, yeah. out, uh, that's, not, that's not really what I do, but um, I showed up to the studio that day, I was like, you know what, like, and I've been, I've been ramping up my deadlifts, and I was like, you know, I think this will be the day I'm going to try to give 500 to go just to see how it feels, yep. uh, so I was like, oh, the heck with it, I'll do, I'll do an Instagram live, and um, it, it, it felt pretty darn good. I was actually pleasantly surprised on how, um, you know, quote unquote easy it felt. It felt uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, but I, I'm going to, to physical therapy once a week. Um, yeah. I go to uh, Dan Pope who works out of uh, Champion yeah. Physical yeah, cool. Therapy in Mike yeah. Reinold's place. And um, Dan's been a friend of mine for a while and uh, I'm in good hands with him. So I just yeah, basically yeah. follow his lead. And, uh, you know, it's going to be like the Achilles, it's a very pesky injury. Um, it, they say on average, it's about a full year uh, to get back to like your full spectrum of, of uh, activity levels. Yeah. But, you know, at, at four and a half months, like I'm, I'm pretty happy. Like yeah, I, awesome. I can walk, I can move around. I, you know, I've, I've, 
you know, certain days it gets swollen and it gets cranky sometimes, but um, all in all, pretty good. Yeah, awesome. Well, I guess the, the biggest question would be, I think you mentioned uh, your son earlier, Julian, that um, we've seen uh, what happens in the hallway in terms of your lifetime <laughs> battle. So how has this Achilles injury impacted your ability on the big stage? Well, it's funny, uh, our hallway, because we live in a, an apartment in Boston, so yeah. we, don't have, we don't have a yard and we don't have access to like a yeah. bunch of outdoor space. So um, every night after dinner, we usually eat dinner around 6 o'clock, uh, and there, and I don't know if either of you two have kids. I, I assume you don't, but um, I have a little six months. Six months, months okay, six months. So this might be you down the road. Um, <laughs> you know, kids like structure. Yes. Uh, yes. And um, you know, our structure at night is when we eat dinner dinner at six, or we're done by six, and then at six o'clock it's hallway time. So he and I go in the hallway, and we basically run around, like we kind of chase yeah. each other, and um, you know, kind of like. I don't think our neighbors hate us, but like, uh, but every night, uh, most most weeknights, that's what we're doing. Um, and it turned into uh, I think you're referring to lightsaber battles in the, yes, in the hallway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know those are going awesome, and then my injury happened, and then it's like okay, I, I had to do hallway lightsaber battles in my uh, my peg leg, <laughs> my my eye walk. Yeah. I did it. I did it with my boot. I did it in my crutches. Yeah. Um, which were funny. I mean, those are nice little things that we put up and we had fun with it. So, um, you know, that's, we haven't done one in a while, of course, but, uh, um, but yeah, those have been pretty fun on Instagram. People tend to enjoy us in a 30 second clip or something. Yeah. I was going to say, Julian isn't, um, phased that he's old man. He's on one leg. He's going in there. No, he understands daddy. He, he kind of comprehended it a bit. Like, you know, daddy's got a boo boo. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like he, you know, uh, he, he, he running. I, I just, I mean, I'm at a point I, I can't, I can't run. So uh, he's definitely taken it to his advantage. Uh, yeah. Lately. Fantastic. That's <laughs> good to hear. I love it. I love it. Um, I guess if, before we dive into our yes. first like main topic here, if you wanted to give the listeners a brief, I guess, uh, autobiography of yourself, kind Boy. of what you got you started and then what you're currently doing. So what got me start? You mean like what got me started in fitness or like in the industry? Is that yeah, absolutely. Or, or I can just take it where I want to go. You, um, you know, fitness would have been. I mean, I my formidable years were uh, late '80s into the '90s. So when I talk about like my early, like like you know, nine, ten, eleven, twelve into my teenage years, like late ni- late '80s and the and the '90s were my formidable years. So and that I bring that up because that was a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, um, Sylvester Stallone movies. So I watched a lot of Commando or watched a lot of Rambo. Yeah. Um, so I would be hard pressed to think of anything else that helped inspired me uh, to the weight room <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, than watching those movies. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many times I watched Commando. Uh, many, many Predator, Predator. Like, I mean, I it was like nonstop. They just don't make um, movies like that anymore. It's really upsetting. They don't. Yeah. I mean, not, not quite. No, not, not nearly like that. <laughs> the same like, level, no. Um, but so yeah, really, you know, and I, I've always said, you know, I, I brought this up a few times, like I'm the only one in my immediate family that's really, that really gravitated to, uh, the weight room and yeah. being a little bit more health conscious and then athletics, uh, you know, and certainly just intuitively, I, I, I kind of put two and two together. Like uh, I love playing baseball. I wanted to, you know, play at the collegiate level after high school. And I just like, you know what, I bet, you know, I bet getting like a little bit strong in the weight room might help me, you know, do well on the baseball field. 
Um, so that's, that's what ended up happening. You know, I, so I basically, I got my first weight set at 13 and started lifting weights <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and then eventually when, when my baseball career ended, uh, I had to figure out what I actually wanted to do in my life. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, I went to school to become a health teacher, um, but also had to do an internship, uh, at, a at, a for my, uh, concentration. So my concentration was in health wellness promotion. Uh, and I got a job um, or an internship at a corporate fitness center one summer, and they hired me right when I was complete, when when I finished it. Yeah. And that just kind of led to personal training or the commercial gym. That led to you know this is right at the point when um, online forums were becoming a thing, where yeah, you know yeah. people could like you know like T Nation and yeah. Well, that's where I met Eric Cressy. He was in a random internet forum on, on T Nation and oh, other, yeah, yeah. And, and he and I. Uh, became friendly there. And then I moved to Connecticut. Um, he and I roommated together for the first uh, two years, yeah. uh, one, one year in Connecticut, then our first year in Boston. Um, and then we opened up Cressy Sports Performance in 2007, um, which, That's you know, not to, not to be a blowhard, <laughs> but that, that turned out pretty okay. <laughs> and uh, so, and I was there for eight years uh, up to 2015. And then uh, since 2015, I've been running a small training studio here in Boston um, where I predominantly work with general population clients. Yeah. Um, so I went from a facility training a lot of professional athletes, which many trainers would be like, Oh, that's the Holy grail. Why would you want to leave that? Um, to now doing my own thing and just training mostly just regular people, which I prefer. I actually prefer training mm -hmm. gen pop clients. Um, you know, I have, I have a few uh, professional college high school athletes that I work with still but yeah honestly my preference is just working with gen pop yeah um and uh you know I, I work in a semi-private model so everyone does an assessment everyone gets their own program and then I am coaching two to four people in a session through their programs kind of like what I would call coaching triage so if I have if I have three or four people training uh you know my head's a little bit on a swivel yeah. and I'm just kind of like uh, uh, addressing what needs to be addressed. <laughs> so if somebody's doing their, their squatting and I have to fix their position or just kind of tweak them a little bit, I do that. Then the other person over here is doing pushups. I fix that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty good setup. Um, and that's more or less my career in a nutshell. Like then you smatter in a little bit of writing. Um, certainly yeah. I, I, I get to travel, you know, in, in non COVID times, I get to travel quite a bit, which is yes. a very, I, I, I miss it a ton. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I do enjoy traveling and I, I, I do enjoy, um, uh, teaching other fitness professionals. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that will come back at some point. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Fantastic. I think, um, we were talking before, um, before we jumped on here, kind of like how we first became familiar with your name. Um, it was funny, like how long have we known each other? Three or four years. Yeah. And how we first bonded is like, you know, you talk, you like, you meet another coach, like, oh, what do you think of this? And then you get, you know, similar influences. Yeah. And I think for both of us, we're like 50% closet nerd and then 50% just want to bro out in the gym. Um, so like way back in, I think it was high school, yeah. I was looking at like, you know, how to get stronger and how to lift weights and things like that. And you jump on the forum like T Nation. And the first one's it's like, you know, 
there's all these articles and it's like, you know, you just need to drink a gallon of milk a day, squat five sets of five, just repeat that. And if you can't repeat it, you're a pussy. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's the, that's the solution. <laughs> that's, then, yeah, that's, that's Teen Nation in a nutshell right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, I'll read some of these other articles. And then it was like yourself, which was kind of like, oh yeah, you could do that. Well, there's probably a smarter way to do it. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. That appeals to like the nerd side of me which leads you into like, I think it was yourself, obviously Eric Cressy and Mike Robertson in those early days of like, when I was looking for like, oh, content. And I was like, oh, okay, these guys know things that, I'm not saying that other writers don't, but the other writers are appealing to like one side of the coin. And yeah, demographic, yeah. we maybe sit on the other side a little bit. Yeah, that, that I mean, obviously I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm great friends with, with both those gentlemen uh, and they certainly influence my career too. And uh, it's, it's nice to be lumped into uh, that group, like I think, you know, early, like the early group is like Mike Boyle, Dan John, Greg yeah. Hook, Alan Cosgrove, you know, then my, my, I guess, uh, people would be myself, Eric Cressy, Mike Robertson, John Romanello, uh, Jen Sinclair, uh, Nia, Nia Shanks, uh, um, although they're a little bit younger than, than myself. Yeah. I mean, Eric, I'm, I think, I think I'm the only one out of Eric, myself and, and Mike that are, that's, 40 like I'm I'm 43 I think Eric I'm five years older than Eric and I think Mike's Mike actually Mike might be in his 40s um but yeah it's a it's, it's yeah they're thank you that's a, that's a very high compliment no because <laughs> even we were, we were talking about you know your writing style um mm-hmm. and as a you know talking to you and, and seeing you present and hearing you um it's really just a reflection of your personality Is have you guys that- have either of you seen me present in person no, no, I was saying when you no. came out last year, I had a wedding on the same day. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. really I've been to Australia twice, by the yeah. way. And <laughs> like I've you know, obviously seen the products with the complete right. uh, hip and right. and all that sort of stuff. And, but, yeah, so is that something, like, I think so, like, with a lot of coaches, the way they write might appear different to how they are in person, and it's not as authentic, whereas you, it's it's, it's pretty much reflected on the page. I yeah, you know, I I'd like to think that I, I keep it pretty authentic. Like I, I've had many people say the same thing, which again yeah. is a very high compliment. Where they, because my writing style for sure is is very um, unique to me. Um, yeah. There aren't there aren't many. Um, I mean, it's a little bit more prevalent now, but there aren't many fitness professionals that are tossing in numerous pop culture references yes, and, yep. uh, and, and in an article on upward rotation of the shoulder, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, you know, and I, and that's, that's something that came pretty natural. Cause I think that's the type of, uh, articles I like to read because I yep. wanted to be entertained. I mean, and when I first started writing for teen nation, that is something that TC Luoma, uh, really, uh, something he said to me that really resonated was like cool. infotainment. People want to learn, but they also want to be entertained. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like, you know, putting in pop culture references and jokes and mm. giving people a little bit of a break from the serious stuff yeah. uh, was a way to keep them engaged and like, you know, keep them reading, <laughs> uh, which is a little harder nowadays because people's attention spans are um, yeah, a less. like uh, three seconds. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what the, the research says now, but yeah, um, it's definitely less. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, that, that's definitely uh, a style that, um, I gravitated to naturally and it's worked well. Um, and I think more people are more in tune with it now. I think certainly, certainly you have the, those writers who write very, um, I say dry, but not in a bad way. That's just like very research based. Like yeah. here's, here's what this article is. And that's, 
for the people who really want to get in anatomy and deep in the weeds on that stuff, that's great. But then there, then, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's really good because especially when we first started reading it, resonated with us. But even now, like there are some people that, you know, are just head and shoulders above in terms of like biomechanics knowledge. But then you go, who is their target audience, I guess? And that's, you know, it's going to be a coach with a higher level understanding. Sure. So someone who's like, oh, I want to fix my deadlift. Like, do they want to hear about like countermutation of the sacrum? No, they don't care. Hmm. Whereas you've got those articles where it's like, do these five things when you deadlift and you'll more than likely be fine. And people are like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of like that. knowing your audience a little bit as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's what, that's what, you know, early in my writing career, teenage was a very nice fit because they're a little bit more lenient with the language. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I know before we started recording, I asked like, is, is it okay if I swear? Like, I don't, because <laughs> um, I, I, and I, and I don't go out of my way to like, even when I present, when I write to like drop F-bomb over F-bomb. Yeah. Um, but I do, but I'm very much a, um, a believer that a properly or well-timed F-bomb can really emphasize, can really emphasize a point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, it, and again, it just keeps people engaged. So yeah. um, certainly there are some people who don't like it. And I, I've certainly heard from them, uh, you know, people, you know, <laughs> you the and I, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, but if you can't see the bigger picture and message that I'm sending because I said the F-bomb. Uh, I'm sorry, that was funny, by the way. That, <laughs> but, you know, I can't, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to apologize for it. I mean, I, I say I'm sorry that I offended you, but, you know, that certainly wasn't my intention. intention yeah, not. absolutely. And you can't, at the end of the day, you can't please everybody. So there's going to no, be a, no, a certain yeah. person or a certain group of people that are going to love Never. what you do. And then invariably, there's going to be another group of people that hate what you do. And it's yeah. just... Absolutely, it's part of the course, yeah. 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 All right, well, before we get into, Tony, before we get into our main, I guess, discussion points, we like to do a little thing, a little bit of a lighthearted, what's called a rapid fire. So we'll ask oh, boy. you 60 seconds uh, of some rapid fire questions. All right. And, you know, don't think about it, don't need to overthink it, just go right. for it. Um, so and at any stage, we can stop the clock and, and delve into a little bit more at, uh, of your answer. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here we go. First question, uh, favorite takeaway? Favorite take, what do you mean? Take favorite take oh, oh, take, oh, take out, sorry. Take sorry. out, yeah. Take so out. I was like, hey, what do you mean by take out? <laughs> uh, uh, I would say tacos. Tacos, it's delicious, fantastic. Uh, we're looking at a PB in a deadlift or a PB in a bench press? Deadlift. Oh, Della. I, I could get two shits about my bench press. Yeah, fantastic. We're going to solve bench press as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hip hop or techno music? Hip hop, 90s hip hop. I know. I love, both, I love both, but 90s hip hop is more. All right, we'll stop, we'll stop the clock here. Yeah, stop the clock. Yeah, stop the clock. So let's just say you've got one lift left in you. You know, you, you know that COVID 19 has caused walking dead scenario. There's zombies at the door. They're hammering down. You're like, I'm going to get one last deadlift in to hit a PB. What song are you playing? Shook Ones Part Two, Mob Deep. No, that was oh, like, it wasn't even <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you some time to think about that. That's great. No, I, I, I that, like that you already considered it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I play a lot of 90s hip hop at yeah. my studio, like Wait a lot. Same. Like I have Techno Tuesdays and Wu Tang Wet. Like I play a lot of 90s hip hop and Shook One's Part Two, uh, Mob Deep, which is from their first album. It's actually a, re, a, a re, it isn't even the original Shook ones. Like it is the remix, but people don't think that that's the actual song. There actually is a part one that's hard ah. that not, you don't get a lot of access to. Yeah, but yeah. Neil, 
say that song is played almost every day okay. <laughs> in my studio. Yeah. And um, that would o- that that's always I always tell people like if I were if I make a mixtape, uh, I know mixtapes don't exist really anymore, but that that would be like like side A track one. Yeah, uh, of like of like Tony Genacore's like go to '90s hip hop mix. Like that song is going to be on there no matter what. That's awesome. Um, we we often joke with our clientele that in the facilities it's always '90s, and then outside it's 2020. So yeah, I just say like it might be 2020 outside, but in this in this gym it's 1999. It's <laughs> That's how it's. Yeah, like mid, like even I can even be specific. Like I feel like '93 to '95 uh, are, are like the, the the two to three year golden era of hip hop. Because uh, then you got Wu Tang, Tribe Called Quest, Gangstar. Like you, it's just Dre. I mean, it's just like insane how good so, the music yeah. was during those years. Um, and also on the techno, is it correct on the techno Tuesdays at Tony? At that was started at Eric Cressy and it's stayed there. Uh, much, much to Eric's chagrin. Uh, yeah. Yes, the legacy lives on. I would play. I would play a lot of uh, Tiesto, uh, yes, Club yeah, Life yeah. at at, at uh, CSP, and there was a constant battle. Of like whoever was on the gym floor, you could always tell, like, because I'd be playing techno, and that if control. Eric came out on the floor, it would be it would be like Lincoln Park and uh, you know, hard <laughs> rock stuff, and it was like a constant like change yeah. of, of genres like within an hour. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. We've um, we've recently started letting some of our um, members and clients like add their own songs to the playlist, which seems like a great idea, but then you just get this eclectic mix, like it'll go from like. Rage Against the Machine to Beyonce, and you're like, okay, oh, we're boy. just gonna roll with this. We're just gonna yeah, roll with it. Yeah, you got, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> All right, really good. We'll go clock back on. What is your go-to energy drink? I know you're Spike. Spike. I don't think we have that. I don't think you do because that, that is Biotest. So that, that that's T Nation's uh, uh, yeah. supplement store. So um, you know, Spike. Yeah, but if I had to go like a nine, like I mean, I I they send me that, which is great. Like I've, I've been a fan of it since it's ever. Been. I, I think number two outside of Spike would probably be Rain.
I could have done uh, more beneficial things to prepare yeah, myself yeah, for yeah. a season than yeah, doing true. a bunch of bicep curls the day after I, I threw nine innings. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, but yeah, uh, that would be, I know it's a lame, it was probably a lame thing to tell myself. But no, I'd, tell, I'd tell myself to, you know, lift heavier sooner. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you for playing. That's rapid uh, five questions. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get into our, we'll get into our first uh, topic here. So when we sent uh, through, we wanted to talk about the concept of the trainable menu. Um, I know you actually put an Instagram post up about this, so good timing. Um, so I guess if we start off a little bit broad, like where did that concept come from for you? And then what does that concept look like in practice, like in uh, in the eyes of like a Tony General Court client? Yeah. Uh, so shamelessly, uh, I stole it. It is not, it, unfortunately, it is not something that I, that I came up with myself. Uh, I, you know, we talked about Mike Robinson earlier. Uh, yeah. His physical preparation podcast is one of the best conditioning podcasts out there. Uh, and I want to say probably, gosh, maybe four or five years ago, he had a, a guest on Chris Chase, who yeah. then was the strength coach, I think for USC baseball. Um, I don't know where he is now, actually. I know, I think he's in the NBA, some NBA somewhere. Um, but I could be making that up. So don't quote me on that. But anyway, <laughs> Chris Chase, Chris yeah, Chase spent a whole episode and maybe not a whole episode, but he brought it up in, in, in relation to some of the athletes he was training with. He said this idea of the trainable menu. Yeah. So, you know, athletes get hurt. Regular people get hurt. Yeah. We all get hurt at some point, you know, shoulder, knee, lower back whether it's a niggle, nothing, nothing crazy, or like a significant injury like I did with my Achilles. Um, the trainable menu basically says, rather than focusing on what you can't do, let's figure out what you can do uh, and, and attack that. And I think it's just a really splendid mindset uh, to direct towards your clients and your athletes. Because I think it's very easy for many to use it as an excuse. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take any... Any injury? Oh, I gotta, I gotta lay low for a week or two or a month. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch Netflix and I'm, I'll see you, see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, whereas the trainable menu says, like, time out. Um, let's, you know, I, you, you, we can train around pretty much any injury, uh, and um, you know, so the trainable menu, uh, particularly as it pertains to me and, and my injury that I just went through, um, I spent a good solid first eight weeks of my injury right from my surgery on I think starting like three days after my surgery saying like here's some little things I'm doing yeah. like I respected the 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 don't work out window for about three days I gave myself a three-day window to yeah. okay I did lay on the couch and just like I did the you know, let myself process. start healing yeah um but then it just got to the point where I was like I gotta do something yeah um, and I remember setting up my my brother my brother-in-law came um to, to help me out. Cause my wife was, I injured, I injured myself down in Florida and I had to fly back up to Boston oh, that's right. uh, without, wives. without my wife yeah. uh, to get the surgery. And I was, I was here in Boston alone. Um, and my sister and then my brother-in-law came to help out. Uh, yeah. And I remember laying on the couch and my brother-in-law was in the dining room doing work. Cause he, he brought his, he's a computer programmer. So he was doing all this stuff in the dining room. And I remember setting up my camera on the floor uh, in, the, in, in the living room and just saying, and just started doing some like hip mobility drills and like half kneeling hip hinges and yeah. you know, upper body. I mean, I basically was 
do an upper body stuff. I was like, listen, I, I have an upper body. I can go gangbusters there. Yeah. Um, but then doing some glute stuff and like, and you know, just saying, okay, my non-affected side, my left leg, I can cr- I could do whatever I want on that leg. So I was doing one legged squats, one legged RDLs and, um, you know, just trying to get people in this mindset, of, like this trainable menu, like, listen, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I can't walk right now. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, I can do some sort of training. Yeah. Um, and I think it resonated pretty well. I was actually quite surprised on how many people kind of gravitated to it and were appreciative of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I kept it going for several weeks, just hashtagging, find your trainable menu, um, you know, week by week, just, just showing these little progressions I was doing with my own training. Um, and you know, and I, I've used it, I mean, and it, it is something I've used for years. Like whenever some, whenever a client of mine says, oh, you know, you know, oh, I, I tweaked my back over the weekend, you know, should I come in? I'm like, yes, you should come in. Like, uh, yeah. we can, we can, we can train around that. Not, not a big deal. And like 99 out of a hundred times, um, they come in, uh, and they're, they're kind of reluctant, but then yeah. they, end, they, they leave a session feeling way better. Because um, you know, movement, movement is medicine. I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but um, and not to mention the the mental component of it too. Um, you know, my mental health was pretty important. <laughs> like, Definitely, you know, not yeah. not not training uh, certainly because of the pandemic that that affected things, of course. But then you you tack on a significant injury. Um, you know, not training wasn't really an option. Like, a, just my mental health would have been a shit show. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the concept of the trainable menu and how it, um, how it relates to me and how I always try to uh, relay it to my, my clients and athletes as well. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think the biggest thing you said that I was like, yeah, great. The, the mindset shifts and from a psychological aspect, like you want, regardless with you, with the client or person you work with to understand, I guess the language you use is important. So for them to know that, okay, let's focus on, not an area that's broken, but we can actually, you know, control what we can. Yeah. Um, um, it is huge. Make, it's going to resemble some form of training for them. Yeah. And you can make, I mean, you can make significant progress. Like during, yeah. during this time, I mean, my bench did go up. Like, yeah. it, it, I, I was like, all right, let's just, let's work on my bench. Um, I trained the shit out of my left leg. Like I was doing a lot of half old uh, split squats, my rear yeah. foot elevated split squats. I was doing, a lot of stuff on my, on my left leg. And there is going to be a neural carryover to the affected side. I, I mean, a lot of research yes. will back up that you can train your non-affected side and there is going to be kind of like a, I don't know if it's the correct verbiage, but a neural carryover to the affected side. Yes. So that when, when you do return to regular training, you're probably going to see a little bit of an expedited um, recovery there. Yeah. Um, and not to mention the mental component of it, like training is training. Like, it, it, I mean, hard is hard like it, that that was yes. important for me to feel like like 100%. to break a sweat and like get some like training in and not some foo-foo-y you know only breathing drills which is you know i i'm a fan of breathing drills but um you know that's not yeah. training no you don't <laughs> spend an hour doing light activation you know yeah. exercises um, exactly did you find it from especially with the clients that uh it got better buying Okay, this is the trainable menu. For oh, sure. You. I mean, if any, yeah. I mean, if anything, it uh, it created a, a nice rapport where they, yeah. you know, they might have, you know, left to their own vices, they might have just been like, the hell with it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna uh, <clears throat> just chill out for two weeks and not do anything. Whereas me, I I come in and be like, no, we're we're still gonna uh, get after it and like try to find our trainable menu and let's 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 make lemonade out of lemons. 
Um, you know, and I, I do feel the bulk of people appreciate that mindset and they, they understand that I, um, I'm, uh, I'm in their corner. Uh, yeah. like they, they hired me for a reason. It is, it isn't to be, it isn't to be a yes man. Um, yes. you know, I want to, uh, I want to, uh, get you better and to show you that, I, listen, you know, there, and I, and I'm not like a rah, rah mental toughness. Like, you gotta suck it up. And <laughs> that, that's, that's yeah. not how I roll with my, my clients and athletes, but, yeah. um, I think they do definitely appreciate, uh, it, that my, th- that approach. Um, and it is a, it is a nice teachable moment for them too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that I think they can appreciate, uh, you know, and, and that they are a little bit, you know, tougher than they, they think. And they, they actually can make some pretty good leeway in progress too. Yeah, yes. I think it's good to, to frame it that way as well, because even people that know, if you go, oh, I'm going to go and do rehab today. Like nobody gets excited about doing rehab. No, like, no, it's, it's, no, not, no. it's not exciting. It's something after that. And then, you know, that's that psychological aspect. We talk about all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm doing rehab and I'm doing rehab because I'm injured and I'm only doing this because I can't do what I want to do. Whereas, you know, if we have someone, I don't know, you take a young guy who's got a knee injury, it's like, yes, we need to do these um, exercises that, you know, maybe your physical therapist has given you, maybe we think you should do, but then equally, we're going to get really jacked in the upper body over the next like eight weeks. All of a sudden, massive switch. Or if you take, you know, I don't know, a mum with a shoulder injury, it's like, oh, you can't do, you know, these full body things. That's okay. We're just going to really focus on smashing the glutes, like straight away, bang. Like it just gives yep. them an actual goal um, and they're still, I guess, identifying as somebody who's training as opposed to, oh, I've got to rehab this injury for eight weeks because eight weeks yeah. can seem like a hell of a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a game changer for sure. Um, and I, I, and I, I can't say I've ever really received any pushback on it. <laughs> like, no, I think uh, most of them, um, like they, if anything, like when I, for myself, when you, you know, have this conversation and, you know, not push them, but nudge them out of their comfort zone a little bit mm-hmm. to say, hey, you're better off doing this. Most of the time, they're going to feel better for it. And that's, you know, whether or not it's a long-term injury or like you said, like, oh, I've tweaked my back a little bit. Like if someone says that to me, I'm like, hey, just come in. We'll start with the movement prep that we normally do. If it, if it starts to feel worse, then that's fine. Then we won't continue. But hey, if you start to feel good, we'll still get some work done for the day. And like, yeah, and you know, you know, they're going to feel better. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we just say, we, we know. We're saying crap. Uh, <laughs> and I and I and I think what's brilliant is the term itself, like trainable menu. I mean, yeah. I, I think that I think the the phrase kind of sells itself too. It's just yeah, like absolutely. It's just as, it's just a very nice, uh, palatable and digestible term. It's not intimidating. You know, again, we're just saying, hey, we're we're going to focus on what you can do. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to attack it. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it kind of sells itself, which is nice too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, with the, I guess the, the whole trainable menu approach, has that changed, I guess, your movement screen assessment over time in terms of simplifying things? Um, it's, it's, it's definitely framed my assessment. And cause I mean, if you would, if you would have, uh, um, walked through one of my assessments like 10 years ago, um, I mean, 15, 10 years ago, it was definitely, I was definitely like trying to point out every little thing that was wrong with somebody like, Oh, I gotta, you know, look at this, look at that. we got to fix this. And this is, you know, over time, I've just kind of learned that, you know, we don't live in a textbook. Um, and I, I, this is not to bemoan or or downplay what we learn in those textbooks. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, but human beings 
don't live in a textbook. The, we, we don't live life in a textbook. Uh, so I think the trainable menu, if anything, with my assessment, yeah, there's certain things I, I'm always going to look at. The squat pattern, I'm going to look at active versus passive range of motion on active straight leg raise or even active hip flexion or even shoulder flexion. Um, but, and certainly if someone comes in with a, with a previous injury or they're, they're coming in symptomatic, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to peel back the onion on that. Yeah. Uh, if someone comes in with low back pain, yeah, I want to find out, okay, what movements is it flexion based or extension based? Like what, what, what movements exacerbate it? Yes. I'm going to try to find that out. Um, but if anything, just trying to really understand that once you start a, a relationship with a, a client or even a potential client, and you, you're constantly using words like broken, dysfunctional, fixing, I don't think that's a nice way of starting a relationship. No, I think that's uh, a and good I, and, point. Yeah. yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the less, the less, and, and people get pretty intimidated when, they, when you tell them they're coming in to get assessed. Uh, it, it sounds judgy. Doesn't it? Um, yeah. Like, oh, this, this person's going to rip me apart for 45, 60 minutes, and they're just going to tell me I'm a walking ball of fail. Um, <laughs> And early in my career, yes, that's exactly what I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's a natural it's a natural growth of any of any coach and trainer. Um, but I think the the less of that verbiage that we use in an assessment, the better. Um, yeah. and just really focus this is not again, this is not to downplay any injury history or symptoms that they're having. Of course you're going to address that and have a discussion. Yeah. Um, but I, I still, I'm even on day one, I'm trying to set the tone of like, okay, we're, we're, we're we are going to focus on what you can do, because um, yeah. we're going to find that, and we're going to, we're that's that's going to be our, our building block, uh, and I think that's just a nice way of starting any um, relationship with a potential or a, a client and uh, athlete. You're listening to the Performance Hub podcast. No BS, no hidden agendas. Uh, well, I guess we'll move on to our next topic. So talking about, I guess, the difference and similarities between the coaching athletes mm-hmm. and also coaching gen pop. So you, and we, I guess we can talk about from a trainable menu, obviously it's going to be similar, but what are the biggest things that you've found that's been, I guess, different? So I get, I get asked this question a lot. Yeah. And uh, there's, been, you... there's been several uh, presentations I've done uh, whether it's with the NSCA or just through the complete shoulder hip blueprint or strategic strength, any of the stuff that I do where I, where I, I inevitably, I talk about my, 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 my professional past. Like I, I worked at Cressy sports performance. We worked with a lot of professional athletes. We also work with gen pop clients there too. And, I, and obviously I, I said earlier, now I work with predominantly gen pop clients and I'm always asked like, well, well, how's the training differ? Um, Honestly, not as much as you think, (laughs) uh, you know, certainly, you know, we got to take the, what, what sport in context. So, you know, how I would train, you know, I'll use some odd, like a cricket player as opposed to a rugby player, as opposed to a tennis player. Yes. There are certain movements or patterns, uh, that we might focus on with one sport than, than the other. Um, but you know, I remember Mike Boyle even saying this not long ago, and he re- he's repeatedly said it. Like, if you walk into Mike Boyle's strength and conditioning and you see uh, a hockey player doing a workout and you see a football player doing a workout and you see a baseball player doing a workout, 95% of it is the same shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all doing some explosive work. They're all squatting. They're all doing the hinge. They're all pressing. Um, and there's really, from an athlete gem pop standpoint, from an exercise selection, there's not really much difference. I mean, it's all, it's all accessible. Um, yeah. I think what the difference is, is certainly um, the intensity and load can certainly be different when you're talking about a, 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 a high level athlete compared to um, a gen pop person, uh, but certainly the speed at which those exercises are be done is, is also very, very different. Yeah, of course, yes. um, so, um, but, but honestly, from an exercise selection standpoint, um, I can't say that the, the trainable menu is that different compared yeah. to, I mean, I, I, all my clients who are lawyers and doctors and just regular people, um, they're deadlifting. It's just, they're mostly doing a trap bar deadlift. Yeah. Uh, they're squatting. They're just mostly doing probably front squats or safety squat bar squats. Not, not many of my clients are doing like traditional back, back squats, um, or they're doing like a duffalo bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit more of like a shoulder friendly squatting variation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, admittedly, like I am not a Olympic, uh, lifting coach. Like I, I've never, I've never learned them myself. And I know I might get some flack for that for some reason that I know that's, that is a thing yeah, in the industry where it's like, Oh, you're late. You're, you're just a lazy coach. You don't want to, I was like, I, I don't care. Like I, I've never done them myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and yes, I can do kettlebell swings and med ball throws and I can work explosive movements. Uh, you know, but I'm not training Olympic athletes. I'm not training no. weightlifters. So I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, yeah. There's always going to be a more appropriate way to get that stimulus. Sure. For a sure. Uh, you know, I can do sled sprints. I can, I mean, there's other ways I can train explosiveness uh, without using uh, a clean or a snatch or whatever. Um, so a lot of my gym pop clients do that. And then, uh, so I don't know if I answered the question. No, that's no, right. good. I think we kind of set I, you I, up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We biased you into <laughs> we do an answer. We're like, yeah. We biased you into we wanted, so we, and we, you framed the question, um, which is good. I think, um, no, I agree with definitely, yeah, ex expecting that response because I think, yeah, there's maybe like a misunderstanding around that from clients themselves probably, but also from um, probably some other coaches as well, but like it would be wildly different. And you said at the start, like, working with athletes is seen as like the holy grail um we obviously both done that and like in some ways it's brilliant in other ways it's, it's really not um working yeah. in like a professional sporting environment like it has its pros but there's certainly some cons as well but sure. i think um for us i'm not sure what the situation is in the in the states like how we train gen pop and athletes is very similar and along the same lines as what you're saying but there is also that kind of mindset that like well athletes would do this quote unquote strength and conditioning training and gen pop people will do 45 minute hit classes um you know with 40 people in them uh, and they're just doing you know bosu balls and jump squats and things like that so that's probably where some of that disconnect comes in as well I'm sure yeah sure uh you know if anything like i know what i have found in my own personal experience uh training athletes is if any i, I oftentimes i i'm i have to pump the brakes for them quite often mm. uh yeah. Where I, where I tell them, Hey, you're strong enough. <laughs> like, yes. I don't think adding, I don't think adding 50 more pounds to your deadlift right now is really going to be the, the X factor on you throwing 10 miles per hour faster. Um, you know, you know, I don't really have to have do that too often with a gen pop client. So certainly the, 
um, the mentality of the two are a little bit different. Like, you know, with, with an athlete, you really don't have to push them to push themselves. They'll kind of, they'll kind of do it. Um, but that's not to say that I I don't have gen pop clients who just want me to kill them every time. And I was like, no, that's not really like I, you know, I, uh, to steal another phrase from another coach, like I'm a big fan of easy training is good training. Um, you know, from Dan John and, uh, um, you know, and certainly at this, yes, I have, I definitely have gen pop clients who, who I, I have to pump the brakes on as well. Uh, but I just find that's more so with the athletic population. Definitely. Um, do you find with, I guess, gen pop clients, they enjoy that the power component of things because, you know, throwing a ball aggressively and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Yeah. I think, uh, express that force. Yeah. I think it, uh, number one, it helps them, uh, kind of, um, and what's the word? Reminisce on, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause I mean, I, I, a lot of my clients are former athletes themselves, like yeah, when they were in high school or college. So I, I think if anything, it's nice, it's just a nice flashback to, um, I don't know, happier times or, or <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of my clients that have very stressful jobs. Yeah. Um, so if I can tell them, Hey, we're going to go outside and just throw the shit out of this ball into a wall. Um, it gets out a little aggression, uh, yeah. which is never a bad thing. Um, and not to mention, there's just, there's just a cool factor, like, uh, you know, having people going outside and making a bunch of noise, like throwing med balls into the ground or yeah. pushing a prowler or, you know, putting, I mean, even if something as simple as putting chains on somebody's back while they do pushups, which, you know, I'm, I'm it technically isn't power training, but, uh, yeah. It, it makes them feel a little bit more badass. It looks really so, cool. It does. So, so, awesome. so, I mean, and that, that is a thing. Like, I, I think, you know, we, we kind of have to give them a little bit of, um, you know, stuff they want, they want uh, that looks cool. Um, yeah, and I think right. that's, that, yeah. that's, you know, any good coach would do that. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a lead on. So in terms of your programming, we talk about mm-hmm. what the client needs opposed to um, what they want. How do you find that balance between the two? from a, I guess, exercise selection and program? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm lucky in that most of the people who, who seek me out by the time they get to me, they've either, they're either familiar with my work. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of know what they're getting themselves into or they're referred from a, a current client who that, who already tells them like, listen, like, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this is, this is what, this is what's going to happen. Um, so it kind of, it kind of makes it a little bit easier. Um, but you know, I, I, I respect that. No, not, I mean, if anything, that that's a constant struggle to be honest, I think every tra- trainer or coach, like, cause we have a way that we like to train individually. Yes. Uh, I've never competed in powerlifting, but I, I definitely train the big three. Like I, I squat, I deadlift, I bench, and I basically do shit that builds my squat, my bench press and my deadlift. Uh, I'm, and I'm not a powerlifter. And I, and I do have to sometimes remind myself that I'm not training a bevy of, of powerlifters here. Like I'm just training for people to get a little bit yes. stronger and move a little bit better. You know, some of them want to lose a little fat. Some of them just want to have their shoulders feel a little bit better. Um, I will always be a champion of saying getting a little bit stronger is never a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, so in that, in that context that, yeah, my clients are squatting and deadlifting and doing all that stuff too. Um, but certainly one way that I've, I've implemented or a nice sneaky way that I've implemented stuff that they want to do. Uh, yes. whereas if they get through the, what they have to do that day, yeah. um, okay, we, we did, we did boom, 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 boom. 
you know, if we have five or 10 minutes left, I'm like, okay, let's do a gun show. Let's do arm farm. Let's do, let's do, we're, we're going to crush your glutes. Like, yeah. what do you, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, giving them a little bit of um, autonomy uh, is never a bad thing. You know, in terms of motivation, that, that, that is one of the factors of motivation is building uh, autonomy uh, yeah, and giving people choice. Uh, so I think, you know, it definitely behooves us as coaches and trainers to give our clients a little bit more choice. I mean, another example of that is, I mean, you guys probably come across this all the time yourselves is you'll have a client come in uh, and you can tell that they're just like not feeling it that day. Um, and they might have something scheduled, something to the effect of, uh, you know, maybe like heavy triples on the deadlift or whatever. Yeah. Um you know, there's times where I'll say, they'll come in, I'll be, hey, listen, we're going to do something heavy today. Like the, the, the money, the money lift of this day is going to happen, but you get to choose it. Like what, what do you want that one to be? Do you want it to be a front squat? Do you want it to be a trap bar deadlift? Do you want it to be uh, weighted chin-ups? Uh, what do you want? What's, yeah. what's going to fill your training love tank today? Uh, uh, and even giving them that choice uh it's like because i because i because i even frame it that way say listen like i get you're not quite feeling today's workout like you're not like ah, i'm not really excited about this um what will get you excited uh to get after it today yeah um and even something as simple as that is a nice way of you know f fulfilling your needs as the coach to get your clients to work a little hard yeah uh, but also uh so respecting you that well. you know a little bit of what they what's going to get them fired up too yeah, definitely. It's probably that other thing, like if we take a step back, the most important factor, I guess, that determines how successful they're going to be is how consistently they do it for a long period of time. And if they don't enjoy the process, it doesn't yeah. matter if they execute this program perfectly yeah. for four yeah. weeks, if after four yeah. weeks they don't care anymore. I've, I've never written a perfect program. Like every no. program I've ever written is, is something is scratched off or something is uh, replaced, yeah. uh, progressed, regressed. Uh, all the time. Uh, I'm not that much of a, of a douchebag that says like, Oh no, you write in the pro I wrote the program this way. This is what you're doing. You're um, I'm always, I'm always changing my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think we're the same. Like even like ho hopefully not too many of our clients listen to this. Otherwise we're just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But if anybody ever says like, Hey, if I do these front squats, can I then go and do like chest flies and bicep curls? I'm literally never going to say no. <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's fine. If, if that's what you want to do, yeah. as long as you do those front yeah. squats, like if you have your vegetables, then you can have dessert. Yeah, like, it's like pretty there's much even sometimes where people, I mean, I have clients that are more, that read more than I do in the field, honestly. Like they, they read every Teen Nation article and they read this and that and they, they come across this cool exercise or whatever. And I'm like, I never heard of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they'll and they'll say, "Hey, can I try this exercise today?" I'm like, "Sure." Like, yeah. As long as we get through this, the 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 main stuff that I want you to do today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why not? If it. Yeah. You know. Let, let's let's do it. Um. Yeah. I, I think um, most successful coaches uh that that have con have been doing this consistently. That's kind of like their what most of their mindset is. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I reckon we'll, uh, we've, we've taken up enough of your time, so oh, we can... We oh, can, I can, I, yeah, I love, I love to... This is great. I love talking about stuff. This no, I was like, we could keep going. This is great. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'd like to thank you again so much. We, uh, we said at the start, you know, obviously been a big influence us on coaches and shaping us and, and I guess our philosophy and everything. So it's been great to be able to chat to you. Well, I, it's, it, you know, and I, I'll say it back. It's a very high... 
a high compliment um, when I have, I mean, I know, I, I know you guys are, are, are younger than me and uh, yeah, it's always a nice high compliment that, 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 that is the case. So. Um, and on, on the age as well, before we were like, how old do you reckon? We didn't have you over 40. So just so you know that. Oh, we well, were like, yeah, I'd like to like, 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 be like, <laughs> like no, I, yeah, I turned, 30s? I turned 44 at the end of November. Yeah. Oh, right. um, there you go. Yeah, so, you know, I'll thank you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no pleasure. Um, is there, before we uh, officially wrap it up, is there anything you want to, I guess, mention to our listeners in terms of plugging? I know you're doing, are you doing online mentorship? Uh, yeah, myself, myself and Luke Worthington, uh, we do uh, a workshop together called Strategic Strength um, that we, did, we were able to squeeze in one earlier this year in London yep. in person. Um, but we start a six-week mentorship um, November 2nd. Uh, so basically we each do a present, we were going to do a presentation a week and then at the end, every Sunday there'll be a 90 minute live Q and a cool. review, uh, uh, that we're going to do for six weeks. Um, that's really the only thing that I have going right now. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that at some point next year, you know, travel can be a, a thing again. And, um, certainly would love to get traveled to start doing that again. But, um, you know, uh, in the meantime, just trying to do my, do what I can here with my, with my in-person clients. And then, you know, there's, there's always looming projects that I should be working on yes, yeah. that, uh, um, that, I, that it's just, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, a little bit of a tangent, but I'm not, I'm not one of those coaches. Like, you know, you know, when the pandemic first started, I was like, Hey, this is where you can write that book. Yeah, you know, that screenplay, <laughs> learn, learn the language, learn an instrument. And honestly, I'm just like, I don't have the mental um, <laughs> energy uh, to do that. Like, I just want to, like, I, I have a, a toddler here. My wife is, is working from home too. And it's just, you know, but I, now I'm starting to get, the juices are starting to flow a little bit. So I'm hoping yeah. that I can get some projects going on later this year. Um, and then hopefully next year we can get some semblance of travel going but yeah um, well, hopefully we can get you down under down the hub that would be great. that'd be great yeah i will we will love to come back down there. we we've been there twice and we love it at both times we've gone yeah so you've been to melbourne because you, you do so you said we you did the first time i was in australia i did uh ballina um which is gold coast oh yes. That is. yes 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 uh, and then sydney um, and then last summer, Dean, myself, and my wife did uh, um, Sydney and then Melbourne. Melbourne so, uh, but yeah, we would love to come. We, we, didn't, we didn't get to spend as much time in Melbourne as we wanted. Um, so we would love to come back. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that's not going to be for a while. No, I think it'll be yeah, a year or so, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly uh, love to get down there at some point. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, thanks again, mate, for joining us. It's been a privilege. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Tony. You got it. Thank you for tuning in to the Performance Hub podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to see more hub-related material, check us out and follow us on Facebook. The Performance Hub. Instagram. Performance Hub underscore Melbourne. Until next time, keep pushing the limits of human performance.